In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, Paul says, I discipline my body and make it my slave. You know, we often forget, guys, that God has called us to steward the bodies he gave us so that we'll be ready, healthy, and spiritually dangerous to fight the good fight, whether it's working at your job, serving your God, protecting your bride, or being a great dad to your kids. That's why we're so excited to partner with Mountain Tough Fitness Lab. Mountain Tough Fitness Lab is run by Christian men who are passionate about training you to be your best version and to stay dangerous and ready for God. Join me on my journey by going to mountaintough.com. That's M-T-N-T-O-U-G-H and getting your free six-week trial when you type in the code ARENA30. You won't be disappointed. Stay dangerous. Five essentials to manhood. This is your man card, right? Protecting integrity, fighting apathy, pursuing God passionately, leading courageously, and finishing strong. It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who was actually in the arena, whose face is marked by dust and sweat and blood. From Men in the Arena, it's Equipping Men in 10. Our conviction is to call you into the arena of manhood, call you out of the faceless, nameless bleachers, and call you up to be the best version of you. Because when a man gets it, everyone wins. Enjoy today's episode. Men in the Arena Army, we We salute salute you. you. Hey guys, thanks for listening to another episode of the Men in the Arena podcast. This is Jim Ramos. I'm here with my co-host, Dale Culver. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing really good. Hey, uh, we got some new things coming, and I just want to let our listeners know what those are and why we're doing them. The first thing I'll say is, you know, we've had hundreds and hundreds of guys go to our website and download the free version of my book, Tell Them What Great Fathers Tell Their Sons and Daughters. We're producing uh, reels on Instagram. So, guys, if you're not following us on Instagram at The Men in the Arena, make sure you do that. We just hit over 10,000 guys, which is actually larger following than Promise Keepers and some of these large organizations <laughs> if you look at their Instagram account. Wow. And so really excited about this book, guys. It is free. It ha- it's 200 things that great dads tell their sons and daughters. Each of the items is attached to a Bible verse, an actual reflection or meditation image, and questions. This is outstanding. My family is rebuking me for, for not charging for this. <laughs> and it's fun because my dad uh, wrote a little insert uh, my mom, my wife, my three sons. So it's kind of cool. Throughout the course of the book, we p- place a picture with them in there and their thoughts of how I actually did this as a father. Um, so it's really kind of fun to do. So make sure you guys head on over there. I think you really enjoy that. Also, starting uh, our next podcast, you will no longer be on it. Yeah, I'm retiring. So did I fire you? I want, I want it's people will ask questions. <laughs> So I want you to explain why you will no longer be on the interview. Yeah. You'll be on all the uh, equipping podcasts, yeah. but not on the interview ones anymore, and I want you to explain why. Yeah, when we're going live with the, the service that we use, man, I need to have my brain completely wrapped around what's happening with the technology because sometimes you can be so frazzled doing everything that you're doing that you, you miss something, and then later on you're going, oh, my goodness, I'm going to have some cleanup to do after this. Yeah. hours and hours and hours of editing because you missed something. So I just want to focus and, and, and make it better. We want to make this podcast better. Well, and this so, was your idea. This was yeah. I wasn't even thinking about this, but when you said it, like, I thought, Bro, you might have to take me this out. This is really good. Well, the, the, what they don't realize is how heavily I lean on you for technology and how <laughs> finicky 
these applications we've been using for the podcast. I mean, we've had probably three or four different apps we've used for the podcast because they're just really glitchy. And we think it's because two of us sharing the same Wi-Fi connection is a potential issue. And really, after the first three minutes of the podcast, you're out of there anyway until yeah. the very end. So really, it's not. I don't need you on the front end. I need you on the back end. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I just want our guys to know we're still friends. We haven't broke up. You know, nothing weird like yes. that. So, uh, and also the another change is that you will be doing man words for the equipping podcast and not man laws. And I'm doing man laws on the interview process with a slight twist. I thought your man laws were excellent. And so how do I? But I feel like they're always connected somehow to the the guy we interview, right? Oh, yeah. It's and a they're Holy serious and they're good. Yeah, they're really good when they're not being vanilla, right? And so <laughs> what we're going to do with these man laws is we're asking our listeners to give us funny, quirky, interesting man laws. And if we use that man law, we will give that man full credit because we're going to put these man laws into a little booklet that guys can get down the road here. I, I don't know when that'll happen, you know, I'd like to get 365 man laws, which that's a huge stretch, but uh, we'll see what happens. So, guys, send me your man laws. Make a out of each one. Yeah, send, yeah, we could do some fun things with it. So, I thought it'd be really fun. You know, a lot of, we do a lot of serious stuff and have serious topics, but yeah. I thought that'd be really fun for the guys. So, in lieu of all of that, mm-hmm. do you have a man word for me today? I do. Uh, my and I don't think I've ever used this before. If it's the word soft, you're fired no. from both podcasts. No, no, no. this okay. is. Um, and I was inspired. A conversation we had, I was kind of inspired by that. Uh, the word is whole. Oh, so, that's good. Complete, whole. Um, and we talk about this all the time. If you're missing something in one area or lacking in one area, you're toast. So, um, you know, I could brag about being so smart, but man, if you're a jerk, no one wants to be around you. Your brains have don't help you. Um, if you're super healthy, but you're uh, you know, if you got other areas in your life, that'll take you out. Uh, we talked about this in our small group. We just launched our virtual team, guys. It was yeah, national awesome. team captains, right? Yeah, yeah. That, and that was um, that was cool. And we talked a lot about this yesterday. So, yeah, we need to be whole, complete in all areas so you're not lacking integrity. Well, I ran into a guy very recently who is a manly man. He's a great friend. He's a great father. He's engaged in the community. He does everything right except for one thing, and that one thing has made him a fraction of a man and not an integer. That one thing is an area where he is soft and he is weak, and he has to deal with that one thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to tell you what that one thing is, but I run into that all the time. I mean, you can be... Well, let's just say this. I want to go back, and I want to spend some time discussing episode 436. It's entitled, You Are Soft. So the title of today's podcast is You Are Soft Still. <laughs> uh, episode 436 is one of our most downloaded, listened to, responded to podcasts. We've had some great positive responses. We've had some a couple of negative responses. We've had a lot of laughing or joking responses about guys going, man, I was getting ready to go take a nap, and I, re- I heard this voice in my head telling me, you're soft, and I went and worked out. You know, We've had a lot of responses that varied. I thought, I'm going to go back and listen to that episode, because that was actually a longer episode. That was one of the only episodes that we've ever recorded that I did not prepare for. We just started going. You remember <laughs> that? We just started going. Winging it. And it, it's a topic that needs to be dealt with 
we have, live in a society that's the most litigated society ever. Everything is about cover your rear end. Everything is about you know if you do if you don't wear a mask or if you don't get vaccinated or if this lot of lot of fear, a lot a lot of uh, compartmentalized fear, a lot of compartmentalized weaknesses. And this is what guys don't understand is that guys we live our lives like waffles. Our wives are more like spaghetti. You can read Bill and Pam Farrell's book on the same topic if you if you want more information or Mark Gunger's stuff. Uh, Laugh your way to a better marriage, but but. Men are like waffles, so we put things in compartments, right? And so I've run into guys that are like physical specimens. I mean, these guys are uh, rocking a six-pack at 50. These guys are, you know, uh, law enforcement guys, military guys. These guys are guys that are involved in extreme fitness types of things, uh, this type of thing. But in a, they have this area over here, let's say it's being a husband, or being a father, or being a community member, or whatever, and they're soft. And so I want to identify and discuss this concept of you are soft. Now, I want to say this, guys. I went back, I listened to the podcast. The podcast is roughly 15 minutes long plus change. And after listening to the podcast and everything I've said, I've come to this conclusion. We are soft. Still. I wouldn't change a thing. And as I listened to the podcast and the things I've identified throughout that podcast, I thought were like really powerful items. The problem is that it's difficult to hear it sometimes. So I want to mm-hmm. I want to go back, Dale. First of all, I want to define soft. When you hear the word soft, what do you think when you hear that word? How would you define that word? Oh, guy that's soft. Yeah, we're specifically, I'm thinking about a... If I say you're soft, I'm going to think of somebody who just gets overly emotional about things, uh, will either melt down uh, crying or yelling or just can't handle stress. So they're mentally soft. That's mentally okay, soft. Okay, so, so for I me, think of that. Okay, anything else? I also think physically soft, um, the not capable of doing things. Uh, I know several people who have who have never really moved their whole life, and then they get to a certain age, and they're, it's like... Dude, it's it's all downhill yeah. from here. Yeah. So um, there's that softness. Um, spiritually soft. Well, definitely spiritually soft. You know, you you're just you don't read your Bible, you don't pray, you don't go to church, you don't fellowship. You're just like, eh, I believe, and you use that like I'm gonna go to my sanctuary I'm a Christian, in the woods, and I got hurt by a church. And I don't have yeah. to go back. I'm like, well, that's soft. You got hurt by that's people, a, that's by the a way. Soft. You didn't get hurt yeah. by the church. The church is an inanimate object. Yeah. Uh, so, so what you're saying is pretty much how I would define soft. Soft equals weak. Mm-hmm. Soft, being soft is weak. It's an area of weakness. And so that's why I wrote my book, Strong Men, Dangerous Times. That was an Amazon number one bestseller. Uh, guys are hungry to be strong in this day and age where, uh, it's really easy to be anonymous and soft and weak. And so, when I think of Jesus, okay, now let me just go back to this. When I think of Jesus, I don't think Jesus would have been a pastor. He seemed to rebuke the pastors, you know, the Pharisees, the Sadducees. He seemed to do a lot of rebuking them. I think Jesus would have been a coach. I've had guys say to me, you can't call guys soft because why would you call your guys soft? No coach, no teacher. Nobody would ever call their people soft. When I was growing up, they did. Why? And I'm like, well, I, I've got a, I've got a championship ring from a high school football team. I played college football, and I had people say that all the time. We're going to have a guy on our podcast 
Robert Owens, who was known and is known as the fittest 66 at the time, 66 year old on the planet. And he went and did an event, which he can, he'll share on his podcast where they were calling them F and soft all the time, like degrading these guys. And so I would never do that as a believer. Right. But I look at Jesus, I go, okay, so, so was Jesus, would Jesus ever berate his guys? I mean, this is the savior of the world, right? Clearly Jesus would never berate his guys and tell them that they're soft. Okay, so the gospel of Mark is 16 chapters. It's the first gospel written. We know that because it's the shortest gospel. All scholars agree that on a couple of things. The gospel of Mark is the shortest gospel ever written. The theme of the gospel of Mark, each gospel has a theme. The theme is the humanity of Jesus. Luke's theme is God's salvation is for all people, Jews and Gentiles. Matthew's theme is Jesus is king of the Jews. John's king is Jesus is God, right? But Mark focuses on the humanity of Jesus because what people don't realize is Mark basically was the scribe for Peter. The gospel of Mark is Peter's gospel. Mark wrote the gospel through Peter's eyes, through Peter's voice. This is Peter's gospel. So when you read the book of Mark, you got to read it through Peter's eyes, right? In Mark chapter 8, which is the hinge point of the gospel, it's halfway between it, it's really the hinge point, we see in one part of the chapter Jesus elevating Peter, you know, this you know, this is the rock on which I'll build my church, and then a few verses later in verse 833, in front of the other disciples, <laughs> in front of all of the people there, Jesus turned around, seen his disciples, he rebuked Peter, and said, get behind me, Satan, for you are not set your mind on God's interest, but man's. Mm-hmm. Now, to me, that's a pretty hard statement. Here is the leader, the future leader of the church, and Jesus looks back, he sees everybody listening, and then he yells at Jesus, Peter, get behind me, Satan, you're soft. <laughs> you know. So that's, that's one thing. Now let's scroll down to Mark chapter 9, verse 19 and 20. Uh, Jesus, it says, and he, Jesus answered them and said, oh, you unbelieving generation, how long must I be with you? That's how I think he said it. I don't think he went, oh, thou unbelieving, you know, how long shall I be with you? Bring him to me. And there's an exclamation mark. They brought the boy to him. He saw him immediately. The spirit threw him into convulsion, falling to the ground. He began rolling around and foaming at the mouth. And Jesus healed this young man, but he first rebuked his guys. Now, now listen to this, listen to this, Dale. This is post-resurrection now. Jesus has died. He's been risen again. He's the heading over this section is the disciples are commissioned. So he's getting ready to send them out. So you would think he'd be like, you guys got it. You guys are the men. You're gonna you're gonna change the world, right? You would think he would mm-hmm. say that to these yeah. eleven guys. Instead, it says this. Afterward, he appeared to the eleven themselves as they were reclining at the table, and he reproached them for their unbelief and hardness of heart because they had not believed those who had seen him after he'd risen. Now realize in Mark chapter 16, verse 7 through like 12, Peter saw him and John saw him personally. But Jesus still comes in and rebukes all of these guys for the unbelief. Mm-hmm. So I guess the word would be, what does reproach them mean? What do you think Jesus said to them? What what is re, when you hear the word reproached, what does that say to you? He uh I would say he came in and barked at him. Yeah. <laughs> He's calling him out. out. He's so I think here's the deal. Here's why I think Jesus was a coach. 
Pastors tend to see a problem in a person and they prolong the confrontation. Coaches immediately confront. They have to do it right now. In fact, we have, we taught our coaches when I was coaching high school football that you coach in between plays. So they're constantly talking, constantly talking. And if a guy, if a guy's a soft in a certain area, like I coach kids who are tremendous hitters, tremendous hitters, but they were soft in their reads. Or they were tremendous at reading the play, and they were soft in their closing speed. Closing speed is a distance, the time between make, deciding you're going to tackle someone and actually getting there. You know, So we saw guys, and we would identify that immediately. We would have films every after every game, and all we're doing is identifying softer, weak areas. That's what coaches do. So I just want to say that from the get-go, Jesus did it, I did it. We have to do that. We have to identify. Like I've known you for... 20 years, and for 20 years I've been harping on you in an area where you're soft. What is it? Uh, working out. Your health. Yeah. My, Your health. Eating and working out. Yeah. My health. And so, I mean, yeah, you may, maybe I've shamed you a uh, little bit. Body shame. Body shaving or what? I call that inspiration, <laughs> by the way. But you sent me a picture three days ago, and you are at yeah. the gym. You went to the gym. Yeah. You, you actually had a free membership there, but you didn't work out. You refused to work out. And then... You've been motivated recently, and you're now you're paying at that same gym where you had a free membership because mm-hmm. they support our ministry, and now you're working out. And I mean, I'm really proud of that. It's but it's you going. I have an area where I'm soft. Yeah, I have an area where I'm soft, and you rebuke it all the time. What is it? Your area of soft. I get. I am like. A, I can be like a food. I can be a big whiny baby, frustrated and angry, and rant. Oh, and yeah. so you're always going. Don't rant. You know, don't you know? Calm down. I just didn't know there was you know, any imperfections in you. I know. Yeah, yeah. You're <laughs> you're such a suck up. Anyway, okay. So, <laughs> so I want to go back and I want to explain some observations I made from episode 30, 436, which I went back and listened to, and I thought this was so good. I want to go lift weights. I want to go do twenty pull ups. So, uh, so here's my number one assumption, Dale. We are all soft. I've never met a man who was balanced except for Jesus in every area. It's a matter, it's not a matter of saying, am I soft or not? It's a matter of saying, where am I soft? Where can I grow better? I I am, my wife says, you're so strong mentally. And I'm like, you know what? I know, but you don't hear the thoughts in my brain and I'm not strong mentally. I've got to make some decisions against myself. Right. So, I mean, people mm-hmm. see strength, yeah. mental strength in me, but in me, in my brain, I realize it's a weakness. Yeah. And so we need to identify these things. We're, we are, we are all missing the mark because we are all sinners. So when I hear someone say to me, I'm not soft, I say to them, you're in denial. You are in absolute denial. So, which is number two, the softest seem to push back the most. Isn't that funny? Yeah. The guys that are oh, yeah. strong go, that was awesome. That was all, you know, but the guys that are the softest push back the most. In other words, that episode 436 and this podcast, and anytime you use the phrase soft, it will anger men. And in my opinion, those men are often the guys that are trying to mask being soft the most. That's true. Now, here here's what here here's why I think that. I think that I think that weak-minded people can't handle confrontation. They can't handle being called out. The strong handle that very well. 
I'm strong. No, you really are. Yeah. No, seriously. Like I, I get. I you're get one of the strongest. But, go, on, but forget all that. You're you're never sick. You're always at work on time. You're you always get it done. I mean, you're you're that is this is definitely not an area you're soft. You are mm-hmm. s- a stud. Conviction. So when we hear something that brings conviction, like when I talk about you know overreacting about my life, or I talk about your fitness and health, conviction elicits emotion. Oftentimes it's directed outward. Psychologists call this projection. So, so when I'm convicted, I'll I'll be emotional about it. I may get angry at the other person. I may get angry at myself. Mm-hmm. I may feel guilty. I may feel a deep sense of remorse. But conviction to me always leads to some kind of emotion. It's emotive. Yeah. Now I'm Italian, <laughs> and we're emotional, right? So so maybe it's an Italian thing. You know, I don't know. C is this. Anger, shame, offense, frustration, all of these emotive reactions are the first step to strength. What's Popeye said? It's all I can stand. I can't stand it no more. Mm -hmm. And he pops the spinach. I mean, I know that's, I don't, I mean, I could probably push that as fact. And in this generation, some people would believe me, but that's a cartoon, guys. (laughs) And then the next, last thing I want to share about this is those, this is really important, Dale. This is really important. Those who are listening to this podcast, or who are involved in our social media media tribes, or who are somehow involved in our forum, those without a biblical worldview. Now, notice I didn't say Christian. Christian worldview and biblical worldview are different. A biblical worldview is I am going to live my life according to the Bible. A Christian worldview is sometimes synonymous with uh America or different things. But I'm talking about a biblical, you know, biblically obedient men. Those without a biblical worldview see through compartmentalized lenses. A man is this big stud who, you know, ha- is ripped and who can do a hundred pull-ups, you know, and, and post pictures with his abs all times. That's that is not a holistic picture of a biblical man. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. And so what happens is you find a guy like that, like when I talk about divorce rates among great warriors in our country and how high they are, I'm, I'm identifying an area of softness or weakness. Mm-hmm. And if that guy does not receive that, just shows me there's an issue, right? Right. Right? It's, it's same thing on the flip side. If, if a guy's extremely overweight and out of shape, but they're a tremendous father and husband, they need to receive that as well. Whatever the area is where we're weak. So... So when I think of soft or weak, it is based on a biblical or holistic worldview. And that really comes from many passages of Scripture, but one of them is Luke 2.52. Well, first of all, Jesus said, and it goes back to Deuteronomy 6, 4, and 5, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, heart, mind, soul, and strength. And that's not a fractional thing. That's not That was holistic. So when we look at that, we don't break it down into these four areas. We look at it holistically. Uh, in Luke 2.52, it talks of Jesus, and it says, Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. In other words, there was a very clear identification of these areas of growth for a man. And I want to break those down. You mentioned them earlier. And I want to say this. The first area is physically. It says, and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature. He grew physically. So the first area that we have to identify in becoming an integer or an integrated versus fractional or fractured man is we have to deal with our physical physical life. 
And I and here's when I talk of soft, and you said this at the very early parts of the podcast. When we think of the word soft, we tend to think of tangibly soft, physically soft, the doughboy, right? You know, the, the right. overweight, out of shape guy. Our mind instantly goes to that, right? In this day and age in America is a huge problem. So I'm not going to discount that physically soft is a problem. It is a huge problem. Your diet, your weight, your sleep, your rest, your fitness. So so when we think of soft, we naturally default to that. But let's move to the next one. It says that Jesus grew in wisdom. In other words, he grew mentally. So not only did Jesus grow physically, he grew mentally. So to me, when I think of mental, well, when you think of growing mentally, what do you think of? <laughs> mentally, that would be uh, reading books, challenging yourself to grow, uh, being around people that are going to challenge your way of thinking, mm-hmm. um, somebody who's getting it done, right? Not just some guy who's got an opinion on stuff, but a guy who's getting it done, winning in life, and and learning from them. And so constantly challenging your intellect. Well, I'm reading a book right now by a guy named Vodi Bakum. It's called Fault Lines, and he's he's dismantling social or critical social uh, critical race theory, social justice. He's dismantling that argument as he weighs it against the biblical justice, God's justice. In other words, social justice is not a biblical c- concept. It's a secular, demonic worldview, and mm-hmm. he dismantles it systematically. But it's really been fun to read it because it's like way above my pay grade. It's really challenging me to read this book. Yeah. But here's this black man who was raised by a single mom in South Central L.A. in the 70s, <laughs> who's now a college president in Zambia. Wow. And he's one of the smartest guys around speaking this. I'm going, man, this guy, I need to listen to this guy, so I'm growing, right? Right. So I think good. mentally we need to grow in knowledge. We need to grow, and this is the area where I'm working on personally, reason over emotion. So when somebody comes at me, my first reaction is get and become emotive, and I have to back off and go, whoa, 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 stop, and use my intellect. Right. Intellect. Intellect is king in this country. Yeah, let's stop and look at all the Let, facts. Let's look at all the facts. Let's identify what's mm-hmm. true, mm-hmm. and let's move from there, right? right? That's why the more I move through this thing, the more I'm anti-social justice. I mean, very much so, because I realize when I weigh biblical what biblical Christianity is, based on what is really going on in critical race theory or cancel culture and all this stuff, it's antichrist. It's not even close to Christianity. Correct. Well, it's close in the sense that they think they're helping, but it's destructive and and antichrist. And so the church needs to stand up and say something about that. So anyway, so socially, when you think... So this the Bible says that Jesus grew in favor with man. When you think of growing socially, what do you think of? Uh, I think of, uh, well, probably my marriage and... Your marriage... And uh, my kids, parenting, and my yep. f- my friend circle, friend circle, and um, and being a part of the chambers big. So I'm I'm in my community and building relationships there. How I can help? I just realized you're reading my notes. No, I'm come not. on. No, <laughs> not at all. you hit everything I said really? except for I. I mean, I know you're not involved in a church though. No, no, Mm-mm. I'm just kidding. You're on I the would. you sit on a board of a local church. So <laughs> so you're you epitomize, and of course you're a very social person, but. Yeah. You know, how you love Heather, how you father the kids, you know, how you relate to your friends, how you involve yourself in the community, uh, how you involve yourself in the church. I mean, you are, everyone knows who you are in the community, right? And so that is a, a result of you being very strong socially, very hard 
not soft. I see <laughs> the opposite of soft is not hard. The opposite yeah. of soft is strength in this context. Does that right. make sense? Right. And so the last one, Jesus grew spiritually. It says he grew in favor with God with God. And so when I talk to guys, I talk to a dear friend of mine, and I talk to guys like this all the time who don't go to a church. And they they think it's okay. And I go, Let, let's stop and talk without emotion about this subject. Because I get emotional about this subject. I really believe in the local church. Walking with God. Are you walking with God? So here are the seven things that you need to do to be a devout follower of Jesus. A devoted or devout follower. W, do you worship God on a regular basis? Are you involved in regular worship? You know, are you going? Are you involved in doing that? You know, somebody may say, "Oh, I listen to Caleb," or "I have worship apps." You know, I listen to worship on Apple Music. Okay, cool. A, are you approaching God daily in prayer? Are you engaged in a dynamic relationship with Jesus through prayer? L, are you loving other believers in regular fellowship? And I'm not saying watching football with your buddies from church. That's not it. I'm talking about are you engaged in dynamic relationships with other men that are drawing you closer to Jesus? You know, we've got this national team captains thing that's going right now, full blown, full steam ahead. And we're getting ready to ramp. We're ramping up right now for our winter cycle launch. And quite frankly, I'm a little bit disappointed in the signups. You know, we got thousands of guys, and for whatever reason, we're not getting the signups away. I would like to be turning guys away and putting them on waiting lists. Mm -hmm. And I'm not seeing that, which makes me think that guys are either already plugged into some other uh, group. But statistically, we know one out of 18 out of the church and one out of eight in the church are plugged in to a group. That's mm. a horrible statistic for yeah. men. So are you loving other believers? K, do you know the Word of God better than anyone in your family? Are you engaged in knowing the Word of God? And besides my personal study time, which happens every day of the week, I need guys around me to challenge what I believe about the Bible. Mm -hmm. I need guys to challenge what I believe about critical race theory. I need guys to tra challenge what I believe about being involved in local church. I mean, if you don't think you should go to a local church to be a dynamic follower of Jesus, let's have a biblical discussion about it. I don't want to hear about your philosophical rants, you know, but I want to let's talk about the Bible. If you think living together before marriage is okay, let's have a biblical discussion about it. If you think that not giving the top 10% of your income away for first fruits is okay, let's have a biblical discussion about it. If you think that having sex outside the marriage covenant is okay, or if you think homosexuality is okay, let's sit down and talk about the Bible. Mm -hmm. And what I have found is most guys can't. Their arguments are based on secular opinions. It's a, it's a disaster. It's a biblical disaster. So are you learning the... No and I would never go to church unless they're teaching the Bible. If you just did the one-year Bible... The it's a game plan, changer. Yeah, you can't get halfway through it without going, oh, yeah. It's a game changer. All that changer. stuff is answered. And over and over and over, over again. And over, it's not like over one again. verse. It's no. over and over and over Constantly. and over again. So, so I, are you investing your resources? I'm talking about money and stuff in the kingdom of God. Are you investing in things that are openly kingdom centric. I don't personally give very much of my income away to secular organizations, nor do I give my money away to organizations that are run by believers, but they're secular organizations because for I, I give to blatantly personally, blatantly outspoken 
Christian organizations. I give to Kingdom Works. That's God's money. It's going to God's work, period, for me. Mm-hmm. And do you, are you nurturing people along in their faith? Are you bringing people along? And I have found that guys that are weak spiritually, who aren't involved in churches, aren't doing aren't doing any kind of mentoring or or even evangelizing. Mm-hmm. And then, G, have you given your life away in Christian service? Are you serving biblically? Are you serving others for in the name of Jesus? So those so that's what I would say to a guy who wants to have a spiritual discussion. So here's what I want to say also from that episode of 436. Fractured or fractions of men are blind to this area where they are soft and they're often offended instead of accepting the challenge to omit an area where they are soft and to build a plan to fix it. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think I think when I when you're saying this, I'm thinking that some guys don't realize that maybe you love them and you want them to win, so they're just receiving it as you're just trying to blow me up or trying to make me look bad. But when you, I know you personally, when you point something out in somebody that's in an area of weakness or softness, it's because you care and you want them to win. Well, in this organization, we're literally dying on the hill of masculinity. We will die on that hill. We believe in men. We believe when a man gets it, everyone wins. And everything we say points a man to his better version. And it may not always be a thing that you want to hear. It may feel like I'm ripping a scab off. But everything we do is to make a fracture, fractured man whole, a fraction of a man, an integer. Everything we do. Right. And then here's what else I would say to guys. Evaluate subjectivity with objective clarity. In other words, the moment you start to feel your feathers get ruffled and you feel like, you know, oh, oh, that I, I, I'm offended by that. The moment you feel that, you got to stop yourself, put yourself in check. And which is hard because nobody does this anymore. The news doesn't do it. Nobody does this anymore. But we have to put ourselves in check and objectively evaluate our lives with clarity based on who we're talking to. If that person is a truth talker and wants us to win, we have to evaluate that. In other words, for me personally, Dale, because I, I, I lean towards emotion. Whenever emotion arises, we may ask this, why am I choosing this emotion? My anger is not your fault. If you anger me, that's my fault. Mm-hmm. I, it's my fault. I own my anger. I'm not going to blame you know where I was born or when I was born or what color I was born. I'm gonna. That's my fault. I'm going to identify my my issue. What is my issue in this? So, so we're not going to leave the guys hanging, Dale. I want to really talk about this. So, we're telling you guys that you have soft areas. In Hebrews chapter four fifteen. It says, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who was tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. Jesus was not soft. Jesus is the alpha male, the ultimate alpha. He says so in Revelations 22. I am the alpha and omega. Jesus is strong, solid, balanced in every area. And because Jesus is balanced, we can go to Luke 2.52, being mentally, physically, spiritually, socially balanced. We can look at 2.52. So when I, it's hunting season right now, right? So when I go and put a new scope on a rifle, the first thing I do to sight that rifle in 
is I pull out the bolt action, I stare down the barrel at 100 yards, and I bore sight that gun. Some bullets, some, some guys have these bullets, they put them with a laser sight. Mm-hmm. It allows you to put that barrel all the way down to the target, and you bore sight that gun. So Luke 252 is like bore sighting our masculinity. It's like bore sighting our strength as a man, okay? Well, I wrote a book called Strong Men, Dangerous Times. And in that book, I identify five essentials to manhood. This is your man card, right? Protecting integrity, fighting apathy, pursuing God passionately, leading courageously, and finishing strong. So if you take Luke 2.52, you know, Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man, mentally, physically, spiritually, socially. If, you, if you're bore sighting a target, then strong men, dangerous times is you're, you're going and you're putting the bullets on the target. In hunting language and shooting language, we say putting it on paper. So after I bore sight, I'll go up to about 50 yards. And at 50 yards, I'll shoot three shots. And if I just hit the target, I put it on paper. I'm like, okay, I'm on paper. So now I'm going to back up to 100 yards. 100 yards is where I go for a three-shot half-inch group, right? And that's my book coming out in June called Full Capacity Man, where we take the 20 qualifications of a spiritual leader, you know, a man who's qualified to be an elder, a deacon, a, a pastor, and we dial those in and explain those in detail, and we include an assessment for men, which is outstanding. It's actually online right now. Guys can go get the 40-question assessment right now at meninarena.org, but the book won't come out until June, okay? But this is putting... So we've actually... We're helping guys. We're saying, guys, you are soft. Here's how you identify where you are soft, and here's where you grow in that area, right? And so, for example, uh, I have a a friend of mine, a couple friends of mine that aren't involved in local church. So as I look at their life, you know, hey, man, these guys are growing mentally, physically, spiritually, socially. They're solid dudes. But then I look at strong men, dangerous times. Go, a lot of these guys are doing a lot of these things well, but the pursuing God passionately, is there's something lacking because they're not involved in a church, right? And as I break it down even more with the full capacity amount, I realize that one of the 20 qualifications for a biblical elder is to be devout. Being devout in the original Greek means several things, but one of them is to do religious things in line with what you believe. So when people say, I'm not religious, I'm like, I'm not religious either, but I do religious things, and I do things religiously. I read my Bible religiously. I pray religiously. I go to church religiously. I serve in that church religiously. I tell people about Jesus religiously. I do certain things religiously because of my relationship with Jesus. And so when a man veers away from that, he's soft spiritually in this one area, right? Which is, mm-hmm. I don't attend a church. Right. So these are these are the things that I'm talking, Dale, and I, this isn't, I hope I didn't sound ranty. I'm not trying to be ranty at all. Nope. I'm just looking at that episode going, that was such a fun episode, but we kind of winged it. We didn't have notes. I want to go back and kind of build some notes and talk the guys through what I mean. And, and basically it's this, guys. We want you to become your best version. God has defined you, and he's developed you and built you to be your best version. And that's what we're all about. And we believe that when a man gets it, everyone wins. So we have to identify where we are not living in our best version, where we are soft and weak, and we just need to fix it. And I don't spend a lot of time on this podcast. We don't spend a lot of time teaching guys how to fix things. 
because we think that when a man gets it, everyone wins. When a man gets it, he's going to figure it out. You know, oh, I'm, I'm out of shape. I'm soft physically. Okay. There's, you know, a lot of gyms all around your area, I'm sure. There's groups like F3, 75 Hard. There's groups all over the place that will help you to get your fitness back. Find them. It's super easy, right? Go to a church. They'll help you. There's so many different ways to become your best version, guys. So I, I want to encourage you to be your best version. It starts with you doing an honest, objective evaluation of yourself and then moving next from there. It starts with you doing an honest, objective evaluation of yourself and moving forward from there. Dale, what's next, man? Drive us home. Yeah, guys, want you to head on over to the website at meninthearena.org and grab your free download of Jim's newest book, Tell Them What Great Fathers Tell Their Sons and Daughters. Until next time, feel the wet sand on the arena floor, hear the deafening roar of the crowd, taste the sweetness of victory, smell the stench of battle, get in the game, get dirty, grind it out, and be a man. You've been listening to the Men in the Arena podcast. If you hunger to be your best version, then join thousands of men from around the world in our Men in the Arena forum on Facebook. This is the best place to have open discussions around the topic of biblical manhood. Make sure to explore our website at meninthearena.org, sign up for the weekly equipping blast, and take advantage of our many free resources designed to help you become your best version of a man. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Men in the Arena podcast. Remember, when a man gets it, Everyone wins. What type of dad are you? Guys, in my 35 years of ministry, I've noticed that guys basically fall into two categories. And in those categories, there are four types of dad or four phases that you pass through as a dad. We just dropped an amazing quiz to help you discover what type of dad you are. Find out what type of father you are and get our custom resources fit to meet the needs and the questions you are asking. Head on over to menarena.org. Join 20,000 men from around the world and find out the type of dad you are.